So you get coffee right on a Monday morning. Get that coffee out at the last minute. Our early coffee's in a Virginia mug this morning. Been around the country. Picking up cups. Just so I can talk to you guys early in the morning about, about cybersecurity. What is going on in the news? What's going on? Unlike last Monday, today is a little more quiet, a little more laid back, a little more chilled out. And last Monday was a pile of stuff. Today, Microsoft in the news twice, two times Microsoft. And we got Fin11. How is Fin11 financing themselves? Man. <sighs> Definitely need coffee this morning. I don't know how you're how your weekends was, how your weekends was. That's pretty, pretty doggone good English right there. I'm telling you, right, right. I'm telling you right there. That's some pretty doggone good English. How your English was? I don't know. Lauren Bear, D's up this morning. Alex is up this morning. Good morning, both of you. Oh, they came way too early. I'm gonna tell you that. Way too early. Sun wasn't up. I think sun's peeking out now. Looks like a cloudy day. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, man. Hopefully you had a good weekend. Got up 168 hours until this time next week. What do you got planned? What do you got planned? Are you going to come visit the Facebook site? Come check out the Cyber Recon Facebook site. Say hello to D, who's managing it, getting it up and running. Join. Join the community. Join the conversation around security. You know, she's got a lot planned for this week. We got a lot planned for this week. So much, so much going on. We just need another five, six, seven, ten hours a day to get through it all. But that's it. We have a conversation tonight with the RMF class that's going on. Live session, talk about where they're at, how they're doing, what in the heck is going on. I know a lot of the folks in the class. Their question's been, how do I get in security? How do I get into the field? Obviously, the training is a big part. Got to know what you're doing. Got to be able to get past that job interview. You got to be, be able to get past the HR folks. You got to be able to tune your resume for the job posting. That stuff is all important. So very important. So we're going to talk about that tonight with the class. Um, they're, they're trucking right along. This week, they... Uh, they enter the organizational steps of the prepare task, or the prepare step. The organizational tasks of the prepare step, I should say. Start working through the RMF. Um, obviously, next week they go in through the system steps, or system tasks of the organizational prepare step. Lots of stuff to do and prepare. A lot of it has been, been there before, but just has been talked about. So with that, why don't we jump in, jump in and talk about the news. Do, do, do. Why do I have weirdness going on over here? Where? Where did there? Oh, it went. We've got, we got stuff everywhere. Cats and dogs living together. Oh man. Got the 
web pages in the wrong place. We get the streaming deck in the wrong place. We get the the chat session in the wrong place. Something in the right place is stuff on that screen over there under that screen over there. That's okay. Microsoft, you're in the news twice today. Microsoft's got a couple things going on you need to know about. A couple of big things going on. So as you know, if you looked in the show notes, you'll know Microsoft adds an option to disable JScript in Internet Explorer or Internet Exploder as you want to name it. I don't know how you want to name it. I I'm I don't know how many people use Internet Explorer or Edge, the new one. Probably not a lot. Maybe most commonly used for downloading Google or Firefox, Google Chrome or Firefox, maybe. I don't know. It's part of the October 2020 patch. Tuesday security updates. Microsoft has added a new option to Windows to let administrators disable the JS common component inside Internet Explorer. This is from ZDNet. The JScript scripting engine is an old component that was initially included in Internet Explorer 3.0 in 1996 and was Microsoft's own dialect of the ECMA script, ECMS script uh, standard, the JavaScript language. Development of the JScript engine ended and the component was deprecated with the release of Internet Explorer 8.0 in 2009. But the engine remained in all Windows OS versions as legacy components inside Internet Explorer, or IE. Across the years, threat actors realized they could attack the JScript engine as Microsoft wasn't actively developing it and only rarely, rarely shipped security updates, usually when it was attacked by threat actors. So a bunch of CVEs, 2018-86-53, uh, 2019-13-67, uh, 2019, 1429, and 2020, 0674 were some of the recent zero-day J scripts that Microsoft had to deal with in the last three years. Awesome. Awesome, Microsoft. Now, 11, 11 years after deprecating the component, Microsoft is finally giving system administrators a way to disable the J script executed, execution by default. According to the Microsoft on the October 20th, Patch Tuesday, there's a new registry key that system administrators can apply to block the JScript DLL file from executing code. I'm not going to go into that now because it's kind of kind of rough and maybe a little bit boring. But it shows the in the ZDNet article in the show notes gives you the commands for modifying your local registry or the registry HKey local machine. Um, obviously, you can do this through Active Directory and disable JScript. Sounds like something you probably want to do today. Get out today, see if your Active Directory administrator can implement this across all of your domain where you don't need JScript running, which is probably everywhere because you're probably not using Internet Explorer, especially this Internet Explorer, whatever it was, three. How much did I get rid of it? Get it out of there. You don't need that backwards compatibility. That's the easy, easy one, guys. Talk to your Windows admins, your AD admins, and get it gone. Get rid of it. Get it out of there. Who's using Internet Explorer or Edge anyways? I'd like to know. Are you using Edge or Internet Explorer? Throw it in the show notes. Throw it in, throw it in the comments. Throw it in the chat over on the side there. 
let me know. Anybody use an Internet Explorer? Or does anyone use an Edge? I kind of doubt it. I doubt that anyone's using those. Not for much. Talk about the Fin 11. The gang is deploying ransomware and monetizes operations. We talked a bit about this last week, but some folks did some additional research. Got some more news for you. Financially motivated attacker group Fin11 has switched its tactics using ransomware as a main method to monetize. The group carried out multiple high-volume operations, targeting up companies across the world, uh, most of them in North America and Europe. Recent attacks were observed deploying the CLOP ransomware. You guys remember this one now. Now I've said CLOP, you guys remember exactly what we're talking about. CLOP we talked about last week. So um, FireEyes Fire has done some research. They're saying it's using a spear phishing message to distribute the malware downloader dubbed as FriendSpeak. Oh, how friendly. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Clop. Thanks, Fin11. Recently, Fin11 has deployed the Clop ransomware and threatened to publish exfiltrated data to pressure victims into paying ransom demands, reads the analysis published by FireEye. The group shifting its monetizing methods from point of sale, of stealing, stealing your data from the point of sale machines at the checkout, Malware in 2018 to ransomware in 2019 and the hybrid extortion in 2020. Multi-pronged extortion, what we're talking about. It's part of a larger trend in which criminal actors have increasingly focused on point or post-compromised ransomware deployment and data theft extortion. They're all doing it now, man. They're all doing it. If you're going to get attacked by ransomware, they're going to steal your data. They're going to offer it up on the dark webs because that's people people do have backups and the people with the more money the bigger targets the folks these guys are really going after they've got the money to do backups right so they um they're able to recover from the normal ransomware so to do this multi-pronged attack where they steal the data and then off you know offer it up on the dark web if you don't pay this is the way most of these guys are going to go nowadays thomas good morning Good to see you. Oh, the macros, macros download the FriendSpeak clone, which in turn downs like, downloads mixed label malware. Mandian researchers highlight the importance operations, uh, the important operation conducted by TA505 Crime War Gang. You know them, they're evil corp. It's been active since 2014, focus on retail and banking sectors. Evil Corp also deployed the CLOP ransomware in its malware campaigns and recently started exploiting zero logon. That's that active Di active director exploit that's out there. You need to patch that one uh, to compromise targeted organizations. Um, the NetFire analysis says attribution of both historic TA505 activity and the more recent FIN11 activity is complicated by the actor's use of criminal service providers. Like most financially motivated actors, Fin11 doesn't operate in a vacuum. We believe the group has used services that provide anonymous domain registration, bulletproof hosting code signing certificates, or private or semi-private malware. Outsourcing, outsourcing work to these criminal services providers likely enables Fin11 to increase the scale and sophistication of their operations. We talked about this last week. 
These guys are working in concert. They're working together. They're outsourcing. A lot of these ransomware actors are buying access to networks. They're not even compromising the networks themselves. They're just buying it. And that's what they're saying here. There's this this blended attack, this, this blended operation where different organizations provide different services um, to these, these criminal organizations. Experts pointed out that the thin 11 actors, after dropping the CLOP ransomware, did not abandon the targets after losing access. At least one case, they re-compromised the target organization a few months later. It's good to, important to know that because just because you got rid of them once doesn't mean they're not going to be around. Like we said the other, last week, researchers believe FIN 11 operates from the Commonwealth of Independent States. The experts observed Russian language file metadata in the code of the malware and reported that the CLOP ransomware was only deployed on machines with a keyboard layout outside the CIS or Commonwealth of Independent States. Um, Mandate researchers speculate that FIN 11 will continue to target organizations with sensitive proprietary data that will likely pay to recover their operations after the attack. Man, you got to keep them out. You got to keep the bad guy out. That's the only way you're going to protect yourself. Because once they get inside and they steal your data and then encrypt your files, even if you've got backup files, they've got your data and they're going to post it. That's the other half of this ransomware. That's the other threat that they're putting against you guys. So. You got to keep them out. So you got to do this three, two, one for your backup protection. So you got to have three copies of your important data. You have it in two different types of media, and you have to have one of those offline. That that allows you to backup and recover, but it doesn't keep them out. So we got to implement as many of these controls as we can, as far to the left on the on the bow tie risk analysis, on the Lockheed Martin cyber kill chain, on the uh, MITRE attack framework, as as far as we can to the left. You know, even um, the NIST cybersecurity framework has stuff laid out. Go to the farthest, as a, this way, I guess, on, on the recording. As far to the left as you can to keep them out, because if you don't keep them out, they get in, they're going to do bad things. So we know they're coming in the main way, RDP connections on the Internet, unpatched systems, including VPN systems, and untrained users that are going to click that link after spear phishing or social engineering attacks. So you got to keep them out. Just another organization that's that's highlighted using this stuff. We talked about these guys last week, so it's just kind of a rehash of what we've already talked about. Because we stay, you know, if you're watching the show, you know you're staying ahead of the news. Ahead of the news, man. And our last story again, Microsoft is back again. They're releasing some out-of-band updates to address some rec remote code execution, or RC bugs, in the Microsoft Windows Kodak library and the Visual, uh, Visual Studio Code. So Microsoft has released two out-of-band security updates to address two remote code execution vulnerabilities that affect Microsoft Windows Codec Library and Visual Studio Code. They're tracked as CVE 2020 17022 and 23. So CVE 2020 17023 is the other one. Uh, important severity. Um, the advisory says exploitation of the vulnerability. Let's talk about the first one. 17022 uh, remote code execution vulnerability exists in Microsoft Windows Kodak library that handles objects in memory and attacker can exploit the vulnerability to execute arbitrary code. The advisory goes on to say exploitation of the vulnerability requires that the program process a specially crafted image file. The update addresses the vulnerability by correcting how Microsoft Windows Codex library handles objects in memory. Um, 
So the CVE 2020-1722, the one we're talking about right now, vulnerability affects all devices running on Windows 10 version 1709 or later and a vulnerable library version. Now, it's important to note that if um, you have Windows 10 that doesn't have the optional HEVC or HEVC from a device manager, you're not vulnerable. So Windows 10 devices are not affected in their default configuration and only customers who have installed those optional um, pieces, those, those codecs, um, are vulnerable. So that when the 22 was discovered by FireEye, the other one, CVE 2020-17023, vulnerability is a remote code execution vulnerability in Visual Studio. An, an attacker can trigger the flaw by tricking a user into opening malicious package JSON file, then could run the arbitrary code in the context of the current user. Obviously, the advisor says if the current user is logged on as administrator, then the attacker could control the affected system. The attacker could install programs, view, change, or delete files, and create new accounts with full user rights. The vulnerability uh, to exploit the vulnerability, attacker would need to convince a target to clone a repository um, and open it in Visual Studio Code. The attacker specified code would execute when the target opens the malicious code JSON file, and uh, the update addresses the vulnerability by mon modifying the way Visual Studio's code handles the JSON files. Um, the IT giant didn't provide mitigating measures or workarounds for the vulnerabilities. According to Microsoft, both vulnerabilities are not being exploited in the wild. So this is a good example of, of they're important enough for Microsoft to issue patches out of cycle. So we just had Code Tuesday last week, or Update Tuesday, Patch Tuesday, and these are being released out of cycle. So they're important enough to be released, but you need to work with your risk folks because you have to think, are you really, are you really vulnerable? So the first one, are you running the optional HEVC or HEVC from a device manufacturer? So you need to figure out, again, this is knowing what you have on your network. You got to know what you have on your network. So that's the first thing. If you don't have those, you're not necessarily vulnerable. Still patch your system in case somebody installs that junk, right? But you got to know if you got that. The other one is Visual Studio. So depending on how you use Visual Studio, how your coders work, you may be already protected to some level with this. So the exploit, they got they have to convince the, the coder, someone using Visual Studio, to download uh, the repository and open it in Visual Studio. So it's probably some type of functional piece of code that they're trying to entice uh, software developers to use. Maybe it's a, a reusable library or something like that. If they can convince you to do that, then you're going to be ex then then this is going to be exploitable. So follow good coding practices. Don't know where you're getting your code from. Know where you're getting libraries from. Know where you're getting modules from. Know where they're coming from. So if you're just downloading weird packages, these weird JSON files, you could be more vulnerable than other organizations. So you have to build a strong, secure coding practice, a secure coding pipeline. We've talked about this several times. Obviously, the most important thing is patch your systems, get this patch implemented, and that way you don't have to worry about it as much. 
But in the meantime, between now and then, you have to determine, do I have these? Do I have these two conditions that exist? Whether one is, do I have that HEBC installed anywhere? And that might be installed by the device manufacturer too, so you don't know. And how, how are my coders, how are my guys that are writing, guys and gals, that are writing code, how are they working? How are they pulling libraries down from the interwebs? Are those libraries being scanned when I say libraries, I mean libraries, modules, any piece of code snippet you're downloading from wherever. Are those being scanned by some kind of static code analysis tool to determine if they're vulnerable? So there's a bigger, bigger problem here. If you're, you know, just downloading code, including in your in your programs you're writing, um, and then shipping them out to the rest of the organization, that's a bigger problem than this vulnerability. Um, you need to tighten up your security, your, your coding practice, secure coding practices need to be tightened up. If you're using libraries, if you're using code from the internet, from other repositories, pulling them from Git, pulling them from a third party supplier, you got to scan those things. You got to run them through some type of, type of static um, code analysis tool. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's all there is. It's Monday, so it's usually a light day. Um, two stories by Microsoft. That's, that's, that's the rundown of really what's in the news. I mean, one of the stories is already we already talked about last week. You know, we I, I think, you know, being this community, we run, we front run the news a lot. We're in front of the news. I mean, this this additional information by FireEye, initial addition on the Fin 11 gang. It's, it's nice to have the additional information. We've already we've already talked about CLOP. We already know what's going on. We already kind of know uh, we should already have those protections in place. It's so important to stay on top of the news. It is. It is. So Alex, you're gonna be happy. It's a pretty short run today. It's definitely about half the time we normally normally have. Rainier, good morning. It's good to see you. So you gotta have something to talk about around the water cooler. What are we gonna talk about talk about around the water cooler? Well, today is one of those days. Today is International Evaluate Your Life Day. Uh, figure out where you're at. I've included in the show notes a link to an article, a blog post, seven alternative ways to evaluate your life every day. And maybe some more things, you know, we need to think about not only in our professional life, but in our private life as well. Um, you know, not you're most welcome. You're most welcome. Uh, rethink about what, you know, ask yourself, you know, did today matter? What did you do? And this is what I kind of talk about. Every Monday we think about we got 168 hours until this time next week. Next week, What are we going to do? What are we going to pack into these hours? What are we going to do to make things better? Um, I'm going to run down these things from Chris Gillibu. Gillibu? I don't know if that's right or not. Um, Chris's blog. At the end of the day, ask yourself, did today matter? What did you do that, that made the, the difference? Number two, define success at the outset of every day, or even better the night before. Plan your day. And man, this is a hard one to do. Get ahead of the day. Plan what's going to happen. And, I, and most experts say you do it the night before. You take some time the night before. You look at what's going up the next day. A lot of us have schedules of you know meetings and things that have to happen the next day. Like tonight, I know we'll be meeting with the RMF class. Is that on a calendar somewhere? Have I already planned it out? As a matter of fact, I need to change it from a WebEx to a Zoom meeting because right now Zoom is just a better platform for holding these things. Number three, use actionality to remind yourself of your two, three priorities. 
Um, you know, what are the most important things? What are those? You know, they're talking about actionalities, pushing software. You can do it on paper. You don't need to use the actionality. Um, number four, do the things you've been putting off. Yeah. Create new metrics is number five. Figure out you know, what you're going to do, how you're going to get ahead of things. Number six, uh, increase your units of mo momentary happiness. And number seven, answer two questions at the outset of every day. Number one, how are you feeling? And number two, what do you want? Uh, not a bad, not a bad post. Helping you get ready for the day, helping you plan things out. I know I've been toying with the idea, and, and Dee will tell you I've been toying with this for about a year. It's a process called bullet journaling. And it's not journaling is in the sense of like a, a journal log. It's more of a planner, but they call it bullet journaling journaling because it's an easy way to move tasks around. You identify things by a bullet, and you don't necessarily put them in that check block order. It gives you a little more flexibility. Um, see if I can find an article. Throw it in the show note about bullet journaling. It's, it's a decent one. And you can use any notebook. You can use a, you know, a little spiral notebook, you use blank paper, you use whatever you want. There's a couple, there's an actual bullet journal you can buy. We don't, I, I, don't, I don't buy those, but you can use pretty much, you can use a spiral notebook. You can use a $1 spiral notebook to do it. Seems to be a, seems to be a decent process if you can get it. I say, you know, evaluate your life. Not, not, not are you, maybe it is, are you on the right path? Are you doing the thing you want to do for the rest of your life? Um, maybe that's the thing you need to think about. Are you doing the thing you need to do for the rest of your life? Maybe, maybe you are, maybe you're not. Hope you are. Hope you're getting a lot out of uh, at least getting up early, coming and see me. I'm glad you guys are here in the morning. Uh, it's it is it is a good thing to see you guys. I know we got to start our day. Monday's a hard one to get off the ground to get rolling, and that's just you know that's that's just I think that's just life. All of us deal with this Monday weekend. You try to pack so much in, still didn't get all my stuff done. I don't know if you guys did. But hopefully, hopefully you've got good things planned. Let me know in the show notes. Let me know what you guys think in the show notes. Uh, if you can, you know, obviously hit the bell to uh, hit, this, hit the thing over there to subscribe, little triangle. Hit the bell to be notified. Like and comment, of course. That helps the logarithm. Um, if you want to listen to this just in its audio format, it's available on all the podcasts. Obviously, it's a cup of cyber. Take care of your friends, your family, coworkers, your organization. Take care of each other. This is a community. Um, go visit D on Facebook. Cyber Recon Training, all one word, no hyphen, on the Facebook. It's a community we're growing. We're trying to grow. Talk about your issues. Talk about your successes. Talk about what's going on in the world of cyber. Trying to get that off the ground. But anyways, that's all I got to say. Alex, you'll be happy. About a 30-minute show today, about half the time we normally do. There's just not a lot going on in the news. Quiet weekend, I guess. Love to hear what you guys got to say. Throw it in the show notes, and I think we'll wrap this one. Put it in the can, as those movie people used to say. We'll put this one in the can and get on with your day. Hopefully you have a good day. Hopefully you got a lot planned, and I hope to see you uh, tomorrow morning, 0730, right here on Cup of Cyber. We'll see you then.